Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Children's Ministry. It's Sam Beam. We're here again. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful autumn afternoon for me, so I uh, hope you guys are doing great uh, and uh, enjoying whatever you got going on right now, whether you're in the car, doing dishes, at work, wherever you listen. I'm glad you are listening, and I am excited for what we are diving into uh, today. Uh, we are... Uh, taking a look at volunteers this week, uh, if you did not see the title. Uh, and really, we are going to be looking at ways uh, to make the process of working with volunteers as smooth as possible. Now, of course, any of us who have been in ministry at any amount of time know that uh, working with volunteers is going to have some difficulties. Uh, turns out people are complicated things are messy, sickness pops up, a lot of stuff goes on, right? Uh, And so uh, this is not your uh, fix all your problems thing, but this is uh, some ideas for you to think through that you may not be doing right now that could help you out. Uh, Before we jump in today, uh, as always, I want to take a moment to kind of set the the heart behind this uh, correctly. Uh, Today, uh, uh, I have a verse uh, that's coming out of this. It's Proverbs 11, 14 says, where there is no guidance, uh, people falls, but an abundance of counsel, there is safety. Uh, and so, you know, one of my hearts behind uh, today's episode is that, hey, we are called to be good leaders. We are called to lead these people well. I um, mean, we want to lead our volunteers well, right? We want to be, uh, you know, an abundance of counsel, right? Uh, not just from us, but from other people in the ministry. We want to build them up to do the same thing uh, because we don't want to let our people fall. We don't want to let our people fail. And uh, uh, we truly want to lead well. And so these are some ideas, some principles, and some things that you can apply in your ministry uh, to help you be an abundance of counsel, an abundance of wisdom, and an ability to uh, lead people. Uh, The reality is uh, if you are in ministry, uh, you are probably uh, taking on a lot more people um, and a lot bigger scope than uh, most other people would experience. Uh, You're taking on a, a large workload and uh, one of the one of the biggest strains I think that we can all agree with is the volunteers. Uh, now today is not a recruitment guide. Um, sorry, uh, you know that is something that I think we are all just actively learning and growing in. Uh, and you know I may I may throw out some best practices, but if I'm going to be honest, recruiting is hard for me. Uh, I'm not great at recruiting, uh, and I'm working on many different methods right now to change that. Uh, and so I'll be back with you guys in a little bit. But today is is how we can work. Uh, with our volunteers uh, to make things smooth, to make things easy, to make things as um, seamless as possible. Uh, We all know that with volunteers, there is an endless amount of headaches, of difficulties that we deal with. Uh, Maybe you deal with volunteers not showing up. Uh, Maybe you deal with uh, volunteers that don't do what you want them to do. Maybe you deal with volunteers that aren't engaged. Maybe you deal with volunteers that are confused all the time. Whatever it is, Uh, There are a lot of issues that you can run into with your volunteer team. Um, And then on top of that, there's a lot of different types of volunteer teams. So in my uh, area, I run, oh gosh, uh, if I were to say independently, I think about six independent volunteer teams. Uh, And that's just uh, in our uh, kindergarten through second and third through fifth. So we have Thursday night where I've got two teams. Uh, one for my K2, one for my 3, 4, 5. And then Sundays we have two different services and do the same thing. And so uh, in the end, 
Uh, it's uh, six for the services, not to mention my check-in teams, not to mention my uh, other auxiliary service teams and stuff like that. And so uh, a lot of you guys probably feel like that where you are running multiple things and maybe you don't have multiple uh, services like that, but maybe you're running uh, your nursery and your elementary and uh, even your high school team. You could be doing something as big and uh, broad as that, or uh, you're just running a single team uh, over multiple services or a single team uh, with a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things, whether uh, or not you're running uh, one team or 17 teams. Uh, we have different needs as well in those. Um, and so today we're going to dive into uh, just some of the ways that we can uh, make a lot of those headaches uh, kind of fade to the back. And like I said, these are not going to be uh, your one-size-fit-all. These are not going to solve all of your problems, um, but these will help uh, you and your volunteer teams lead well. So number one, Point number one is define their roles, okay? Define their roles. And I feel like I talk, uh, and some of these principles are going to be things like, yeah, you said this before, Sam, uh, but kind of getting it all generally in the same uh, area is important, and some of you guys haven't heard it before. So number one, define their roles. What is their role in your ministry? Because that matters, right? Uh, we can't just have a group of 10 people put them in a room and say, lead this ministry. Um, one, because some people aren't meant to lead, and so they can't, you know, uh, do that well. Uh, you, in, in that group of 10 per people, one of those is your tech person. But if you just throw them in the room, uh, obviously, uh, this is an over-exaggeration here, but that'll never happen, right? We can't just throw the people in the room. We have to guide them through that. And so when I say know their roles, obviously, when we're recruiting people, we're putting them in a place, right? Whether you're taking care of kids, uh, you're leading a Sunday school or small group, uh, you're running the tech in uh, the service area, uh, or you're a greeter helping check people in. They know, uh, but do they know what that means? Do they know what it looks like? And one of my best ways to define a role is to give people the wins, okay? to give people the things that they could see uh, as a victory for each and every day, right? And so for, uh, let's just say, for example, for our check-in people, uh, what is their win? What does it mean for them to do well? Uh, and, and some of my wins are uh, you begin to learn the kids' names as they come in. Uh, you're able to, uh, you know, recognize families and, and kids and and, and uh, say their names and welcome them in and, hey, what's up? Uh, another win is that you uh, help connect the kids into the room, right? If you have a kid, especially that's having a hard time uh, coming in, that you help them get connected into the room and feel comfortable. That's a win. And so do they know what that looks like? Uh, do they know their expectations? Uh, should they be reading the small group uh, material uh, the night before to prepare? Um, or is it okay that they come in and do it the Sunday of? Should they do certain things to be, uh, you know, prepared? Do they know what they have to do? Are their expectations and roles defined? And so if they're not, then then maybe that's your next thing. Uh, you can pause the podcast now. Come back to the rest. Uh, but but uh, put it on your to-do list. You get to work. Define those roles. What does it mean to be a small group leader? What does it mean to be a Sunday school leader? What does it mean to be an assistant leader? What does it mean to run the AV and tech booth? Uh, and define those roles uh, and figure them out. Number two is set expectations and keep those expectations. Um, when you have a ministry with people, there needs to be boundaries and expectations. This is one that I really struggle with. I struggle because I was a volunteer for a very long time before I was a pastor. 
Uh, and sometimes I I don't, you know, I worry that I'm going to be pushing too hard. I definitely had some leaders that, that put some very unrealistic expectations on us. Uh, they, you know, I was a, uh, I was a full-time student and full-time, had a full-time job and they were wanting me to, you know, meet weekly with every one of the kids in my small group. And I was like, hold on, what? And then meet with them outside of, out of sight of all of that. And I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, but, uh, my point there is sometimes I get, uh, worried about, uh, over extending and asking too much for people. But in the end that ends up hurting uh, because people don't have any expectations. People don't have an idea of what is expected of them. And if our expectations are reasonable, that's totally fine. And so, uh, for example, um, I have an expectation that if you tell me you're going to be there on Sunday, that you'll be there on Sunday, right? And if you're not, then I'm going to follow up with you and say, hey, we missed you. Are you all good? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and if that continues, then it's a conversation. Hey, I'm relying on you to be here and you're not. Uh, is this something you can commit to or do we need to find another thing for you, right? Yeah, the same is for uh, when they're in service, right? I have an expectation that they are uh, leading well, that they are listening well. Uh, they're not distracted. They're not distracting others. They are being a good example uh, for the kids. Those are some basic expectations. Uh, and then uh, just setting those and continuing to implement those, right? Uh, continuing to uh, make sure that those expectations are followed, right? I can say all the things in the world, but if I don't back them up with what I do, uh, then uh, it doesn't really matter. And that's another place where I struggle is sometimes I forget. Uh, and that's where you have to uh, figure out things for yourself. What's a good system for you to follow up on missing volunteers? What's a good system for you to uh, talk with a volunteer if they're having a hard time uh, being an example, whatever it is. Um, just kind of set those expectations, keep them, and find a way to help you keep them, right? That's something I'm really working on right now is, is finding a way to consistently uh, follow up on expectations and desires. Um, but anyways, number three is consolidate your communications, okay? Uh, and, and this is something we may do right now, uh, and it's maybe something you just need to slightly tweak or adjust. Uh, but with your volunteers, do you have a consistent and easy communication for them that's not email? Now, I hate to say it, I send emails uh, every week for my volunteers, I do, uh, but that is not the best way of communication. And the reality is um, the best way of communication is uh, usually at least two different methods um, and two different styles. Um, and so I send emails out and I send a, uh, and I have a weekly uh, kind of communication text if I need anything in there. So um, how consolidated is your communication? Is it uh, texts? Do you have a group chat? Do you have a place where um, if something pops up on the morning of, you can send an emergency text? And so for me, I have uh, three different modes of uh, communication. Number one is my weekly emails. Um, I get those supplied through our curriculum. Uh, and so maybe that's something you don't necessarily need in your area. Uh, but for my weekly emails, it serves the purpose of giving my volunteers the information of what's coming up. It tells them the story. It tells them the lesson, uh, the big idea, and a few big takeaways for them to prepare for the week. Uh, the next up is my scheduling communication. So I, uh, we have a scheduling software uh, planning center, if you're familiar with it, uh, and they will get scheduled uh, every month for the whole month. And each week they'll get a notification like, hey, you're scheduled for this. Uh, be sure you confirm or decline. 
And then through there, they can access the materials that they need for the week, their small group or large group curriculum. Uh, and then last, uh, like I said, is my group chat. And that is for uh, announcements and updates and important messages. I try not to do anything uh, more than once a week in there uh, because group chats like that will get muted quickly. Uh, and for those group chats, I use GroupMe. And, and so uh, when I say consolidate your, your communications, I mean, uh, are you able to communicate with your team uh, in an effective manner uh, and in a coherent manner consistently, right? Uh, so I used to have uh, group texts. It was just a big group text. That was a nightmare because anytime I had to add or remove somebody, I had to create a whole new group chat and it was awful. It was not well set up. It was not well organized. And so uh, we did away with that and we got GroupMe and that works. Uh, some other options if you don't uh, have an idea like that and you're using something like a group text that doesn't work is uh, you can download Slack. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's a communication platform. It's really nice. Uh, and, and then a similar one to that is Twist. You can download Twist. Both of those are free as well. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, you can kind of create channels. So especially if you have like multiple services, uh, you can have people in different channels with different roles, etc. And you can play around with that and learn how to use it. Uh, or you can go with the classic GroupMe, right? Uh, you have GroupMe. You can do WhatsApp uh, or something similar to that. Just a way that you can uh, communicate with your volunteers consistently. And so, of course, uh, you probably have a way to track your volunteers' emails and are able to send that. If not, do that as well, right? Uh, I know that uh, the people that are listening to this, your your uh, resources, they vary quite widely uh, depending on uh, the size of your church and what you have. And so maybe you don't have a big uh, database with uh, all your people that you can kind of group up. So maybe you need to make a spreadsheet of everybody's email so you can send out an email consistently. Uh, and then that way you know who's there, what you have, and uh, how to contact them on a on a moment's notice. But honestly, uh, getting your communication down is super important to having an easy flow, right? If you're spending 20 minutes a week, uh, 30 minutes a week trying to uh, get communications out uh, because you're trying to find this and you're trying to find this group text and then you're sending it from this group text to this group text, right? Uh, like I said, I have multiple services. All of that's in GroupMe and it's one click away to get to my next service, Uh and so if I'm sharing a message, all I do is send it once and then copy and paste it to the rest of my services, right? So consolidate your communication if it's kind of spread out. Uh, figure out a consistent and coherent communication schedule and figure out what you want to send your people. Um, because once they get consistent information uh, that helps them, they get into the rhythm, they know what to expect, when to expect it, uh, and are able to be prepared for their service, okay? Uh, number four uh, and this one was one that I, I struggled with a little bit, uh, but but I think there's ways to figure this one out, and that is schedule them, okay? Schedule them. Uh, like I said, I have a scheduling uh, resource with our church. We use Planning Center, uh, and you know, that's going to be my first uh, thing, is, is if you don't have a scheduling system, go talk to whoever's in charge of the money uh, and try and get this, right? It's about to be the next year if you haven't done your budgets yet talk with your whoever's in charge and working getting a budget to get something like planning center. Uh, a similar one is kids check uh, that you could use. Uh, we also use Alvanto uh, as our kind of church database that has a scheduling system, but get a system that allows you to schedule people um, on a weekly basis. That's built well um, because that is a game changer, right? Uh, we want to, and this kind of goes with your expectations is, is that we want people to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be here. Hey, I'm out uh, or, or whatever. 
uh, on a moment's notice. Uh, that's not a text, right? I really struggled. I didn't use the, uh, the scheduling system for a while. Uh, and I kind of went off of like, hey, if you're going to be gone, text me. Well, either they would text me and I wouldn't write it down. They would tell me on the Sunday in the middle of something and I would just miss it. Uh, or they just wouldn't text me and they wouldn't show up. And I would have no idea. I wouldn't know why. Uh, and that was really difficult. So really, 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 I think a very important thing is is if you are um, running a ministry of any size uh, and, 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 you know, honestly, more than more than 10 people, if you have more than 10 to 15 volunteers, uh, it really is something that I, I would push hard for um, with your, uh, you know, lead pastor, executive pastor, whoever it is, to get a, uh, a scheduling system for you. Uh, and if not, if you cannot, if that's not something that you can do, uh, then find a workaround. Uh, I sat there and tried to brainstorm a few different ideas. Uh, my first one is if you do GroupMe, GroupMe is totally free, you can send out a poll every week. And just have it say, will you be there for Sunday service? And they can hit yes or no uh, and confirm or decline from GroupMe. The same is for like Twist and Slack. If you use those resources, you can do the same. You can set up a, uh, a poll to go out uh, that'll just basically ask, hey, are you going to be here um, on Sunday? And just have your volunteers hit yes or no. And that's a super easy, simple way uh, to schedule those volunteers um, also, you can do, uh, if you don't have that, if you do a group text or an email or whatever, uh, you can make polls online with things like Google uh, or plenty of other free resources uh, that way that you can use to create polls, create forms or whatever, uh, and, and use that. And so if you can't, if you can't get a scheduling platform, then try something like that. Try a poll uh, that will allow volunteers to um, just simply say yes or no if they can be there for the week. Uh, and, and that is better than nothing because... Um, one of the biggest headaches, one of the biggest difficulties with volunteers is making sure they're going to be there, making sure you have everything scheduled. And when we went from, when I went from not using a scheduling system to using a scheduling system, that was one of the biggest weights off of my shoulders. Uh, and if you don't use one, you know what I mean, that you're like, I don't know if they're going to be here. And if they're not here, then I'm in trouble, right? Uh, it's going to be bad. You know, I'm going to have a group that doesn't have a leader. I'm going to have a lesson that's not going to be taught. And so figure that one out. Um, you know, you don't want to be sitting there texting every single person each week like, hey, you're going to be here. Uh, so find an efficient way to schedule them and get them to confirm or decline. Uh, number five uh, is uh, you want to create a hierarchy and delegate. You want to create a hierarchy in your ministry and delegate. Um, and, and basically what I mean by that is um, you don't want to be the uh, only leader in the room, right? You never want to be uh, the first and only stop for questions. Uh, so, you know, just think of it like a pyramid. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm at the top of the pyramid when it comes to problems in my ministry. Uh, and then below me, uh, I have people that we call service coordinators. Um, and so if there's an issue in service, then uh, a volunteer will go to the service coordinator. And then the service coordinator, if there's an issue that they can't solve, then will come to me, Right. Like I said, I've got two services going on at once, um, and if there's a problem in both the rooms at the same time, I can't solve those both at the same time. I need people in there. Uh, and even if I was in the same one, um, I don't want to be the only uh, solution, right? Uh, I never want to build a ministry where I am the only person uh, that can fix all of the problems because that's a bigger problem than anything because if I'm the only one that can do it, if I'm not there, then I have a ministry that's failed, right? And I never want to have a ministry that's failed. I want to have a ministry that can survive when I'm 
gone. And so create uh, leaders, find those people that have that leadership potential, uh, give them that ability to delegate, give them that ability to uh, lead and give them permission to lead well. Uh, and, and your leaders in your ministry can look like a lot of different things. And that's a totally different uh, podcast that maybe we'll get into at some point. Uh, but but create a higher, higher gain delegate, right? Uh, give your leaders the ability to solve problems without having to come to you. If they can't solve the problem, come to uh, the service coordinator, your service leader, whoever you want to call them. Uh, and then if they can't solve the problem, maybe they come to you at that point, right? Uh, but create that hierarchy because you don't want to be constantly putting out fires that you could have somebody else doing. And, and that's another big, uh, you know, impact on the uh, the headache of, of volunteers and, and coordinating them on Sundays. Uh, and then last but not least, if you want to make volunteering uh, easier, if you want to make your volunteers' lives easier, uh, this is what I talk about a good bit and I talked about recently, but utilize their giftings, right? Utilize what they're good at. If you have a good leader in your ministry, do not put them as your worship leader. Maybe they like it, but if they can lead a team, why would you use that on something someone else could do, right? Why would you uh, put them in a place where they're not leading out of what fills them up, right? The same is for, and, and this is the easiest low-hanging fruit, uh, your technologically adept people, right? Most of the time, they're not the most socially eager people, right? Uh, they're not the ones that are itching to get on stage and talk in front of everybody. Uh, they're the ones that want to sit in the background. And so why would you... Uh, take somebody like that and try and put them on stage when you could use them uh, to run the system. And you know what? Maybe you already have a volunteer that's doing that. We know what you do instead. You say, hey, you know what? You can schedule my volunteers. You seem handy at technology. You can create graphics for my curriculum. That would be really cool. Let me show you how to use this. You can X, Y, and Z, right? Find ways uh, to utilize your volunteers' giftings, because when a volunteer uh, ha- is able to do something that truly uh, matches their gifting, uh, then then they, they're going to love what they're doing. They're going to enjoy it. They're not going to be a headache to deal with. They're not going to be someone you had to constantly check in on, say, hey, we missed you. We don't know why you weren't here. Uh, they're going to truly and deeply enjoy what they do. Uh, and then you get people that are excited about ministry, uh, and that's when they begin to really volunteer and step up in a new way. They begin to take ownership of what they're doing. They begin to lead well, and it truly creates an amazing volunteer culture. So volunteering is kind of crazy. It's hard to keep track of everything. Sometimes it's hard to uh, keep up with all the volunteer needs, but uh, just some few simple ideas. Once again, if these stick out to you, write them down, put them on a to-do list, figure out what you want to do. Uh, but number one, define their roles. Let them know what they need to be doing. Number two, set expectations and keep them. Uh, let them know what they need to and don't need to be doing uh, and keep up with those and make sure you follow up if those expectations are not met. Number three, uh, consolidate your communication. Uh, make a coherent communication plan, a coherent communication schedule, and an easy way for you to communicate with your volunteers on a regular basis. Number four is schedule them. If you don't have a scheduling system, uh, first ask your uh, money people, whoever those are in your church, uh, and see if you can get something like that. And if not, find a way around it. Create polls, create uh, forms, create whatever it is that you can think of to get a way for people to confirm or decline for each week so that you know what you're going into on a Sunday. 
Number five, uh, create hierarchies and delegate in your ministry so that you're not the only one putting out fires. Uh, and uh, it just truly makes a difference on your Sundays or, or the days you do services. And then last but not least uh, is utilize your volunteers' giftings. Utilize what they are good at uh, and give them the opportunity to use those giftings. So that is all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful day and uh, continue to crush in ministry. Uh, I'm praying for all of you guys as you keep doing that. And I hope you guys have a great week. I will catch you guys next week with our next episode. Bye.